Welcome to Strikes Our Fancy. I'm your host, Caleb. And with me, I have... Exceedingly confused, Craig. Yep. <laughs> I am just baffled by what just happened. You know, Craig, I wasn't feeling it. No? Let's try it once more with feeling. <laughs> <laughs> he said it! He said it! He, he, said, he said the thing! <laughs> and along with us tonight, we have longtime listener... Demonic Danny. Love Love Lord of the Dance Danny. Oh, Lord of the Dance Danny. I feel like I'm turning this into my own personal review show. <laughs> this will be probably the last time I'll have you guys watch something. But uh, You can't make that promise. Yeah, I can't make that promise, but I, I will say that here now. But I forced everybody to sit down on Craig's couch to watch one of my favorite Buffy episodes. Season six, episode seven, once more with feeling the musical episode. Uh, and we brought Danny in because she is a wonderful musical person. Yeah. So. <laughs> also, apparently, an avid Buffy watcher. What? Yeah, back what? in the day. Back in the day. It was uh, a beautiful show. <laughs> so, I, so now, listener, if you want to know what the hell we're about to talk about for the next 45 minutes, you should stop this, go watch that one episode on Hulu. And then come back and be just as confused as I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you haven't already seen it. Both Craig and Rob refused my primer. I had a primer ready in my head. I was like, I'm going to tell them what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, no, Caleb, we're I, going in blind. I didn't refuse. I politely declined <laughs> because Craig had already refused. <laughs> well, And I, I genuinely, because I have never really watched Buffy. It was a thing I didn't mm-hmm. grow up with. I didn't really have access to it. I, I think, Caleb, you tried to get Carrie and I to watch it at one point. I think we watched the first episode yeah. years, but year I was or so ago. But I was yeah. high as balls. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I, I didn't want a primer because now every expectation that I have of Buffy moving forward is going to be based on this one episode. The musical. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. What about you, Rob? My watching of Buffy extends mostly to the movie and uh. a couple of episodes here and there. The movie's underrated, though. I love Chris really, Watson. It was really yeah. great. <laughs> Never seen the movie. It's what? it's really cheesy and campy. Are, Just like the show. It's well, I was gonna say, are you hoarding it like a nugget of like, oh, Buffy's never, like the show isn't over as long as I haven't watched this one thing. <laughs> well, honestly, I've never watched the last episode. Oh. I've never oh. done that because I've never done like a true like watch from season one to season seven, I think mm-hmm. is the last one. But I started watching Buffy when I was... Oh, probably like in the sixth or seventh grade, probably younger than I should have been to watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But it was, I don't know, it's something I used to put on when I was like either homesick or like early in the morning before school. Yeah. And uh, it is apparently pretty, pretty horny. I didn't realize. (laughs) Very horny Uh, on the (laughs) rewatch. The the tension was palpable. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I, I think for those who haven't seen it, can we get from our two Buffy buffs? (laughs) <laughs> like, just give us a little premise of the show for for those who don't. How know long were you holding that in? You were ready for that. <laughs> as soon as you told him, yeah. That you do a Buffy what what do you call a Buffy fan? Is there a name for the diehard fans? I have no clue. No, I have no idea. I don't well. think like Taylor Swift. There's the Swifties and stuff. Right, I don't yeah. know if they're back in like the '90s and early aughts. They had like fandom names. You yeah, were just you, a fan. Well, no, they had Trekkies. Oh, they did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I just don't think there were. Fandoms for Buffy. Mm. I think yeah, were you just Buffies? Uh, I Which got old buffers. So. Maybe the Slayers. <laughs> Did <you> say buffers. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's probably why there isn't a term, is because it's not easy. Like if we're not yeah. coming up, if we're not coming up with something off the cuff right now, mm-hmm. that's probably why there's not a name. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, a trick, trekker or trek. What is it? Trekkies. Trekkers well, there's trekkers yeah. and trekkies. I think that's a, what's the difference. 
Um, well, any more of their Damn reasons. it, Danny, don't <laughs> lean into this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's, I've been trapped by the track. <laughs> Illuminate us, Rob. No, the any more there isn't a difference. There used to be culture war um, where Trekkers were fans of Star Trek. They were big fans. They were the ones doing writing campaigns and whatnot. And the Trekkies were the ones who believed there was a Starship Enterprise out there. Oh, like uh, a blurred reality. They were they were the like super hardcore like turbo nerds. Huh. Like beam me up, Scotty. Yeah. I'm ready to go. I'm reminded of a uh, Justin Long from Galaxy Quest. Yeah, yes. Oh my gosh! Yes, <laughs> yep. absolutely. He was based on Trekkies. <laughs> I'm going to rope us back, though. All right, rope us back. To Danny and Caleb, give, give us just a quick primer on what is Buffy. Okay, Buffy is <laughs> sexy, dramatic, very fashion-forward, very forward-thinking for its time, and just full of kind of fantasy, dark humor. Melodrama. Melodrama. Oh, my gosh. Lots and lots <laughs> of drama. I honestly don't know if you're a fan of Supernatural, you would like Buffy. Buffy kind of paved the way for shows like that. Mm-hmm. And it it's a beautiful amalgamation of like horror, drama, and camp. Okay. Danny explained it much better than I could. Thank you, Danny. <laughs> that was amazing. And, and just because this, I think, has huge context into what we're about to talk about. This show aired from what, late 90s to early 1000s? 1997 yes. to 2003. How do you just know this shit, Caleb? But I, just, I, don't, like, I don't have room for that kind of crap in my head. I don't know I, like where that comes from. March of 1997 to May of 2003. <laughs> no way. Uh, no way. one aired. Uh. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Because it definitely – okay, so now having watched all of one episode of Buffy, I can thoroughly say it is a product of its time. Oh, for sure. Oh, yes. 100%. That is, that is not just that episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It is consistently like that, without the music. Well, so, to highlight this one episode in particular, Caleb, what did you just make us sit through? So, this particular episode, episode seven of season six, it's basically the secrets are revealed episode. Obviously, they're all singing what they're feeling. And it's it's always kind of hit or miss on who's can who can hear people singing and who can't. I was going to mention that. Like, there, um, didn't, there didn't seem to be consistency. Yeah, <laughs> That's a classic musical trope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can I hear you while you sing in my face? Yeah. And it just depends on who you are and, mm-hmm. and the situation. So, Does it drive the plot and does it increase drama if you can understand me right now? Or does this need to be a soliloquy? But I thought that was a part of the, what is it, the lampshade. Because even Buffy's like, did you say something? Whenever Giles finishes <laughs> yeah. the song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I'm going to give my definition of the show as someone who's never seen an episode before, (laughs) at least not tangibly. We've got Buffy, who is the chosen one. Yes. And it is her job to kill demons and vampires. Yes. Correct. Uh, And she's super strong. Mm -hmm. And she's got this cadre of people around her that help her accomplish this goal. Yes. Yes. That that and they all have they they, there's varying degrees of other supernatural abilities. Is kind of what I picked up on. Yes. Yep. I don't know, Rob. Is there any other major plot points you like you picked up on? Not really. I mean, that explains the show. Okay. <laughs> as far as I know, anyway. In a nutshell. Yeah. Okay. In a nutshell, that is what the show is. All right. Every single night, the same arrangement. I go out and fight the fight. Still, I always feel the strangest estrangement. Nothing here is real. Nothing here is right. 
I've been making shows of trading blows Just hoping no one knows that I've been going through the motions Walking through the pot Nothing seems to penetrate my heart I was always brave and kind of righteous Now I find I'm wavering Crawl out of your grave, you find this fight just doesn't mean a thing She ain't got that swing Will I stay this way forever? Sleepwalk through my life's endeavor How can I repay? Whatever I don't want to be Going through the motions Losing all my drive I can't even see If this is really me And I just want to be Why this episode in particular? Yeah. Well, I've I discussed with I think both of you guys about doing three of the Buffy episodes this mm-hmm. year, and it's it, it this is one of the more critically acclaimed ones. This one was actually nominated for a Golden Globe or an Emmy or something. Mm-hmm. Not a Tony. Not a Tony, unfortunately. <laughs> Tony, Tony, Tony. <laughs> so there was a three-time Tony Award winner in the show, though. Oh, who was that? The Demon. Hidden oh. Battle. Mm-hmm. Really? I didn't know that. Yep. He was in uh, the show that I remember him from or remember, know him from his ragtime. And he also won, I think, a Tony for another tap show that he was in. Cool. So that was him tapping? Yep. Oh, oh. I mean, if you're going to cast a dancing, singing demon, <laughs> you need to go to someone who has actual talent. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, it does suck. Like. I may have may not have seen something he's been in, but with like mm-hmm. that many prosthetics on his face, I, oh, yeah. I have no idea who that was. Yeah. Yep, he was big, I think, in the eighties. Okay. And so he's probably again with the show coming out in the late nineties, he's probably more of like an Easter egg for the more like musically theater uh inclined people who've kind of had like their hand on the pulse of yeah. the Broadway beat. <laughs> the hand of but... the hand on the pulse ten years ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the pulse that is probably now gone. Yeah. But right. it was a cool thing to see that a show would reach out to a stage production actor and give them that platform. Oh, Especially yeah. one that was Buffy in their sixth season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's awesome. But yeah. sorry, Caleb, you were talking, you were explaining mm-hmm. why this episode and, and the episodes that might be coming down the pipe for our listeners. Uh, for this, again, uh, I just wanted to, if I'm going to force you guys to watch anything, I'm going to force <laughs> you guys to watch the best. And apparently this may or may not be the best to you guys. <laughs> so we'll get to that later. But why do you like it? Why do I like it? I really like Buffy's character arc through season six. <laughs> so in case you didn't get it from the show without my primer. Um, <laughs> She was dragged out of heaven by her friends. Yeah. She died. That's a big fucking deal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So before this episode, she's been alive for seven, six episodes, roughly about three months at this point. So she is literally, and to go with the first song, going through the motions. She is trying to just go through her life. And I didn't really get that song when I was younger. I was just like, it's just a jaunty little tune. I like, it's it's the want song. And I like this song. Mm -hmm. Uh, As I've gotten older, I'm like, I really relate to this song. (laughs) It's like, you know, (laughs) you know. I really like Buffy's character arc through season six and this song and this particular episode really brings it to the forefront. And I, I really love this episode and it's a freaking musical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Musicals are typically fun. So, uh, <laughs> th- th- some of them are hit or miss. Yeah. Uh, but so I feel like Caleb, you just came out of the gate with a pretty strong opinion. If you're going to introduce us to Buffy, it's going to be the best of the best. 
So now I'm going to turn to you, Danny, as mm-hmm. our other Buffy seasoned veteran. Oh, yes. Does this hold up as the best of the best of Buffy? I mean, you're talking to a girl who loves musical theater and Buffy, so I'm going to say yes. I'm going to very much agree with Caleb. But I would say the best thing about Buffy to me that I remember from watching the show is the way that they blend drama and camp. The way that they bring humor into these crazy, like, apocalyptic, we're all losing our lives, there's vampires and demons everywhere, but also here's a quick one-liner kind of thing. (laughs) And I think it really lent itself to a musical episode. Mm -hmm. You know, that is one thing I miss about 90s, early 2000s TV, is there, it was much more accepting of camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It didn't um, take itself too seriously. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, not not to the level of 60s and 70s, <laughs> but there was a little goofiness allowed, especially in shows like Buffy that have kind of an inherently silly premise to begin with. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, I think that's because like people want serialization, hardcore serialization in their shows now. But the first song, Going Through the Motions, what do you guys think? As... As adults, I guess. I think it's interesting that you you said you didn't pick up on it as a kid that, like, she was distraught that she got pulled out of heaven. Because, like, as someone who had no idea what the hell was going on, based on the previously on. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that song, I was like, oh, yeah, she's pissed. Yeah. Like, she's mad that they fucking pulled her out of heaven. And who wouldn't be? I was I was, I was 11 years old and I was listening to a jaunty tune. <laughs> I had no problems. You had a concept of the want song at that it, point in your life. Yeah. And I was wanting. But I didn't know what she was wanting. <laughs> Fair. Well, if you've ever watched any Disney movie, you know what a want song is. Yeah. It's so hard for me not to start singing whenever we were watching this whole episode. <laughs> like, it was, I was very close. If I had been a little drunk, I probably would have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for future musical experiences, please do sing. Yeah. <laughs> on, a, on a bit of a broader scale, but specific to this opening song, I was surprised at the talent. I, I wouldn't mm. have expected in a monster of the week, mm-hmm. campy, kind of soapy drama show. I'm like, oh, shit. She's got a voice. Like Sarah Michelle Gellar mm-hmm. is talented. Yeah. yeah. I would say everyone in the main cast really show, like, shone so bright. Okay. <laughs> Besides <What>? Nicholas Brendan. <laughs> okay, hold on a second. One, I need to know, Danny, what do you define as main cast? And then two, which one was Nicholas Brendan? He was the guy with the silky pajamas with the lady. Xander. Yeah, all right, Xander. All right. Yep. I'm on, I'm, on, I'm on the same page. I got, I got notes there. <laughs> but, but hold on. Yeah, Danny, who do you define as main cast? So our main players are the ones who are returning every week. So we've got Buffy. We've got Giles. We have um, Willow and Tara. We have Xander and Anya. And then we also have Dawn. I'm sorry, was that not everyone in the episode? That was. That was. But <laughs> those are the ones who will are kind of our, the core group. Yeah. Once we reach season six. Yeah. And he yeah. got Spike. Didn't include and the also woman Spike. Who was Spike is the also there. <laughs> with his ramen noodle hair. With his, his, oh my God. <laughs> okay, you say ramen noodle. I'm thinking more Max Headroom. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> fair. Very fair. But Caleb, to your point about the opening song, going through the motions, it, it's a for a musical episode. It is a bit somber, like to to open on that. Like yeah. th- you know, there there is the the in 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 musical theater, there are the tropes of high, starting high, and you know you have to have you have to go through the darkness so that you can end high again. You need that contrast. This is all darkness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it started <laughs> yeah. it started a little low. I kind of thought for a musical. Yeah. Well, I mean, like the song itself is very. 
bright, I think, mm-hmm. uh, to, to juxtapose the, no. the, like the actual the content. Con- yeah, the yeah. content of it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think not being, not being a musical as a whole, like the whole show isn't a musical, just having any music in it is already kind of a high. Like that is yeah, 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 yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also fun to watch her physicality in that opening mm-hmm. number. Cause while she's singing this like jaunty little tune, she's kicking ass. Yeah. She's destroying yeah. vampires. Yep. That one goat demon who's <laughs> like, I don't know. Ow. Also <laughs> yeah. yes. dead. Yeah. It's just, it's such a beautiful blend of, again, that campiness that comes through with Buffy. But I think the whole episode, I mean, she is singing literally about being ripped out of heaven. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that Josh Sweden chose to put that to like a little tune, a little like... A little ditty. A little ditty. A little little jazz hands here and there. A little like grapevine step. But like, it's just, it's such a fun show to watch, especially when they bring in like these really huge concepts. I think that's something that Buffy does really, really well, where they have not filler episodes, but they have like the very like plot specific episodes. But then every now and again, they'll just come out of left field Hmm. with this very high concept episode. And I think the musical one specifically is so unique at the time that it was created. I mean, it spurned so many other or influenced so many other sitcom musical episodes mm-hmm. because of this. Mm-hmm. And this was the first one written of the season. Joss Whedon went to work, and this he's like, he brought the script, and this is episode seven of season six. It was the first episode written for the season. <laughs> he's he, like, I don't care what happens before this, but we're going to get here. <laughs> well, they, they knew what they were going to do, and he's like, I wanted this. He wanted the musical. He knew he wanted it to be big, and he wanted it to be important. Yes. Because if you're going to do a musical, it needs to be important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, obviously, the big secrets revealed – it makes this episode, and it's not just a superfluous, fluffy episode. Sure. They got to have something to sing about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think something that's cool about Josh Whedon, specifically the director, his shows always seem to have a turn at the seventh episode. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's specific to Buffy, too, is that once you hit the seventh episode in that series, some stuff is like you're really going to hit the major plot points and everything is going to start to fall into place for like the big bad at the end of a season. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen any of his other shows like Dollhouse Ooh. or anything like that. <sighs> so good. And he writes really strong female characters, which is another thing that I truly love about Buffy. <laughs> While we're singing Josh Sweden's praises, I do want to say, I really like that. He just the way he plays with the canvas of television, the framing uh, he, he does never goes for the standard shot. When when he wants a weird or different shot, he gets it. I know at the the at the end of the going through the motion song, there's that point where she stabs the vampire and she explodes going through the. It, it's like a it's a he he described it in the commentary as that's my that's my Disney moment, whereas as <laughs> yep. her face bursts through the dust. Yeah, and I thought again, I love that shot because I didn't think of it as a Disney moment, but like as watching through the commentary, mm-hmm. it is one of my favorite shots as as he goes because it is his. Uh, yeah, homage to Disney. Just really mm-hmm. using the medium of yeah. a motion picture. Mm. Yeah, but instead of a Disney movie, it's a girl in a graveyard going through <laughs> yeah. a dead yeah. vampire dust, yeah. <laughs> which is awesome. So we go to the next scene. Did you guys realize that she knew she was singing? Like, does that, or did you think it was going to be like a musical episode where, like, oh, they're just singing, or did you think 
was it a surprise to learn that she knew she was singing and she knew it was weird? It was a su- it was a surprise, but looking back on I, I feel like if I had been invested in Buffy, I would have thought, yeah, do they know? Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. you know, they do deal with magic a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it as a turn to like to be like a little self aware and to be kind of tongue in cheek about it. But I would have liked one more scene of someone else that night singing. Mm-hmm. Like, give me more, because she just kind of mentions it, and she's like, and then everyone else is like, oh, yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Or even a flashback at that moment to one of the other characters singing the night <laughs> yeah. before. Like, I, I just, I think that would have been good in that moment. In season seven, you do get that. Oh, really? Uh, mm-hmm. Anya and Xander's, uh, Anya's singing a song, and she flashes back to that night of her singing a song. Uh, so you do get a little bit of a flashback right. way down the road, but... And there was a song, or there was a scene written for Giles of that night where he's okay. talking about, like, he's singing with his guitar, but, like, the bellhop's not dancing around me. <laughs> uh, that scene was written, but it didn't make the cut. Nah. So what do you guys think of the, uh, the theory song? I've got a theory. I, as someone who hasn't seen the show, I didn't know the bunny reference. Like, I was uh, so confused <laughs> that apparently that's a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Consistently. Anya is deathly afraid of bunnies. <laughs> But on that note, the song does convey that very well. Good. <laughs> um, and, and kind of midgets, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was, was a, an interesting little tidbit to throw uh, in at the end. Did that age well or no? <laughs> no. I don't think so. I think there's a few things about this episode that didn't age well. I think there's a few things about Buffy that didn't yeah. age yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you guys noticed, Allison Han- Hannigan doesn't really sing throughout the episode. She had the duet with her partner. She doesn't really sing during that episode. Didn't she? No. Mm-hmm. Does she just not have a voice? Like She, she requested not... to not sing. Huh. Mm-hmm. She was like, I don't want to be singing. Okay. <laughs> uh, so she gets like a few lines here and there, but otherwise she doesn't sing. Uh, does she do, I guess, not, thinking back, is it more of like a chant? That she's, she's in the song and she says stuff, but it's not really with pitch behind it. It's just she doesn't spoken, even sing. spoken word kind of thing. I think she's... She's with the group in the theory song, and she even has a line later with Buffy's big number about walking through the fire. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, I think my line's mostly filler. And that's <laughs> yeah. her only real, real like lyric throughout the, throughout the episode. I like that it's a little self-referential there, but I, I think it brings up a, a larger point in TV shows like this. When they do an episode like this, it's, oh, suddenly you know which actors have what talent. Yeah, Yeah, that's Uh, true. (laughs) It's very glaring. Oh, they sing in their free time or they've done productions where they sing. Mm -hmm. Oh, that actor has not. (laughs) Yes, that's very true. But I would also say that for the whole cast, like they still did a great job. Like you could definitely tell that like Giles and Tara, those actors had some kind of vocal training or they had chops. Exactly. Mm -hmm. They had a little more like maybe be natural or learned talent but i just one thing i'm going to say about sarah michelle geller because i am such a fangirl of her especially in <laughs> buffy she does something that i love which is reacting while she's acting and so it's like a lot of times you watch tv and you get a cut and like the person who's talking the camera's on them and you see like the back of the head of the other actor Something about how Joss Whedon films, you can usually see most people's faces while, like, truths are being said or, Mm -hmm. like, stuff like that. Sarah Michelle is always reacting to what's being said around her. Mm -hmm. And I think the musical episode really brings it out when she has her own moments 
she's not just singing or like lip syncing the lines. She's really acting and moving through them. Mm -hmm. And so that has just been like so cool to watch. (laughs) (laughs) She is the consummate professional. Exactly. So even though she might not be like the strongest vocal talent, she definitely holds her own with her like other skills as an actor. Mm. And she's not bad. No, she's not bad at all. I think she actually does really, really well. But you can tell that some of the cast has more uh, experience and some of the cast has less. But they play to their strengths, like that moment in the theory song where Xander goes off on this like mini like rant and ends with women power all go sit down. (laughs) That plays so well to his character and it's not really singing, but it's still like so in character for him and he plays Mm -hmm. it so well. Yeah. As someone who grew up doing musical theater, I'm not claiming to be good at it. But it is so strange to me that think that you can be a professional actor and not have that experience in your back pocket. Like you didn't do music and dancing at the same time because that's what was available at the time. I don't know. That just to me seems really weird. You can have one skill set and not these others that are typically associated with it as well. Well, I think there's a bit of a difference between stage and film. And so if you're going in to be like a TV actor, if that's like really the path that you want, maybe you don't need as much uh, training in Mm. singing and dancing. Whereas if you're going to Broadway, you're not having as much of like the, okay, here's your mark. Make sure you're not looking this way or that way while we're doing like this type of setup for shot Mm. and stuff like that. So I think it might just be the difference between what kind of acting they were going into. Rich people don't learn to act in high school. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. (laughs) They just don't need to. No, they hire private tutors. Uh, Like, for the vast majority of people, if you want to act when you're a teenager, you're going to do at least a few musical shows. Sure. Mm -hmm. I've got a theory. It doesn't matter. What can't we face if we're together? What's in this place that we can't weather? Apocalypse. We've all been there. The same old trips. Why should we care? What can't we do if we get in it? We'll work it through with a minute. We have to try. There seemed to uh, be a lot of confusion in the theory song I've heard just from like watching you guys about the moment where Sarah Michelle Geller starts singing about it doesn't matter. I don't know why we're singing this. It doesn't matter hmm. about like the threat. I, were you guys confused about that moment? Right at first, yes. Yeah. Well, I, I guess not, because I had still connected it to her, the the previous song. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, she just doesn't care. It doesn't matter. And then she said, oh, because we'll get through it. We'll we'll make it work. Yeah. Um, so that was a little bit of a trip for me. But I just figured, oh, that's her character. Like, I don't care because we'll make it through <laughs> with the power of friendship. That's kind of what it is. <laughs> I think it's the classic kind of protagonist thing. 
of like, come on, guys, we've got this. And Buffy throughout the series has is always kind of the voice of reason. Mm. And so to hear her be like, yeah, it doesn't matter what the evil is. We've already fought like five seasons of this and mm. I've died twice. So like, <laughs> why does it matter? Yeah. Right. So it made sense to me as a person who's like seen other pieces of the show. But I do find it kind of a little bit jarring because of the reactions of the rest of the cast who are kind of like, well, then maybe Buffy should do it on her own. <laughs> it's yeah, like, okay, what? <laughs> I thought we were the Scoob gang. <laughs> what I find very interesting is that you say that like with the context of having seen the rest of the mm-hmm. show, all I knew was that we were in season six and I thought it was very tongue in cheek, like Joss Whedon saying like, yeah, we've done all this shit. Like it doesn't matter. We'll mm-hmm. always prevail. And eventually that gets boring. Eventually, it's not it's not as uh, life or death dramatic. You, know, yeah. you can only do it for so long before you're like, yeah, whatever. I will say, and Caleb, back me up on this if you agree or disagree. Tell me why. <laughs> Something that I think Josh does really well in his show is that he leaves his characters with scars. Even though, like, Buffy has died or is now back and we think everything's good and hunky-dory, the opening song tells us that it is not. And so even though something went um, wrong and then got corrected, (laughs) quote-unquote, there is still some really deep trauma and issues Mm -hmm. there. And that, I think the musical episode actually does a pretty good job of tearing that open, especially when we get to the ending scene when Buffy reveals her secret. Yeah, well, I would agree. There are consequences to the actions here. And that's what I love about my shows, you know. Um, (laughs) You're not getting away with that. You're not getting away with it. And Buffy is a prime example of something that happened a season or two ago can can bite you in the ass no matter how long it's been. It's good. It's it's nice when a show doesn't forget where where it's been. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, like, oh, hey, this season is self-contained. It's like, well, then why have I put in five seasons worth of time? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I will say... I've just recently watched the commentary in preparation for this. <laughs> uh, that moment where she is like, it doesn't matter. The, apparently, that moment is Buffy being like, I'm done with this song. I want to move on. And she's trying to just get the song over with. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was interesting because she's there's that moment where her and Giles are staring at each other and she's just trying to get them to join the song huh. so they can get the song over <laughs> with. So that's what that point was. Huh. So I thought that was interesting. Because so it, it does feel like a bigger moment, but yeah. it is just her being mm-hmm. like, let's just get going. That's that. The audience is inferring more than what the creator, Joss Whedon, yeah. intended in that moment. Yeah. Huh. How interesting. Yeah. I think the next one is the most uh, sexually active song. <laughs> oh, my. Under Under Your Spell. With Tara and Willow. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So obviously Amber Benson, who plays Tara, the main singer of this one, she has a powerhouse voice and it is amazing. Oh, she's so good. I love listening to her. What do you guys think? Boy, that was a horny song. (laughs) (laughs) Because I can't, what was the final line that she kept saying again that included I'm coming? You make me complete. Yeah. You make me, oh yeah, you make me complete. That's how the song ended. Yes. I'm spread beneath my willow tree. You make me complete. <laughs> As yep. she's levitating off the As bed. As she's levitating. <laughs> mm-hmm. When I watched this, I was 12 years old when I watched this. I didn't understand anything. I was like, yeah. oh, why is she levitating? Agreed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This, I thought the song was good to yeah. your to your net point, yeah. Caleb. I, I mean, 
I'm, I'm always down for horny musicals. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that Isn't, all musicals? Also, like, yeah. the base level of musicals? Danny, yeah. musical theater. Oh, yeah. I mean, any theater, the base level is horniness. I mean, who is the god? Dionysus? Oh. Like, wine and theater? Yeah. yeah. Yep, that's pretty on par. <laughs> so this is one I was wanting to talk about. The Nicholas Brandon's, uh, he's the main player in this next one uh, with his, uh, with Emma Caulfield, mm-hmm. uh, Xander and Anya, playing a... a a fiance, man. What's the female one? Fiance, fiance. They're both fiance. fiancés. Yeah, fiancés. Spelled different. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I was like, huh. I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make a young Frankenstein joke. Fiancier. Fiancier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, their song is next, and I think their song is very fun. But Nicholas Brendan does not have the chops to carry any sort of song. I think it's funny that you're drawing attention to it because as I was watching it, I was like, okay, one, this guy doesn't have great singing chops, first and foremost. But then also as I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is a great example of someone who has been given a choreographed scene. Hey, these are the dances you need to do. These are the steps you need to take. He obviously learned it. He put in the time and effort. But it's so tangible when you watch it that like someone who is feeling the music versus someone who's just going through the motions. Mm, Mm -hmm. And he was obviously just going through the motions. (laughs) Yes. I guess I didn't pick up on that. But... I was more concerned with how unnecessary the whole song seemed. <laughs> uh, and and to be fair, that is in the vacuum of this episode. Mm. It just kind of didn't make sense with what what I know about Buffy, which is, again, not much. So I think this song in particular makes sense in the grander scope mm-hmm. of the season. They're getting married. The wedding's a few like months down the line. They're just airing their grievances with each other. So, like, I think to have had, like, no reference to anything that's happening outside of this particular episode would have been a bit weird to be like, oh, aren't you getting married? Yeah, but we're not going to sing about the marriage and how we feel about it. You know, it would have been a little bit weird. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But it just, there was, there, there was a song. They're airing their grievances about each other. Mm-hmm. But then nothing comes of it. Mm-hmm. And no, no. They, they don't even really interact for the rest of the episode. Yeah. Which yeah. was just... I don't know. Just get rid of that whole scene. <laughs> yeah, I no. think, uh, at least from a, th- a theater perspective, it l- the whole number looked like a love letter to classic Broadway. Oh, for sure. So it had like the the Gene Kelly dance number. It had the very classic tropes of like, let's put our faces together and sing really loud <laughs> right next to each other. I remember you gasped. You're like, the glass table. <laughs> yeah. The, oh, my. Who crawls on a glass table? Oh, my God. Somebody call that set designer. Holy crap. <laughs> But I just thought it was such a kind of like, I love Xander and Anya's characters. I think they're very fun and dynamic, especially Xander. As he gets into the later seasons, he's kind of insufferable in the beginning. Thank you for nodding your head, Caleb, because, (laughs) oh my gosh, he's the worst. But um, I just really love kind of the classic bubbliness that you get from that of kind of like a call and response number. Because they have, even though they don't maybe have the best like singing and dancing chops, they have such good chemistry. <laughs> and so like watching them play off of each other when he's like singing his verse and then she pops in and goes, he's got beady eyes and he goes, yeah. this is yeah. my verse. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And so it was just kind of like a nice cue moment. And I do agree with you, Rob. It's more of kind of a throwaway scene of like, okay, so why was that one in there? And we yeah. didn't get the one with Giles. Yeah. But I think it's just, it plays to them as their characters. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, again, watching it in a vacuum, 
that was their moment to shine. Like I, th- I feel like pretty much every character mm-hmm. got their moment. Mm-hmm. That was their moment. Right. Yeah. Like that. That's the reason it was in the episode. Is this is the time we allotted for them yep. to, be doing, to be doing a thing. You have to do a song and dance, please. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I will say Emma Caulfield is a decent singer. She oh, yeah. Bad. Totally um, agree. I think she's a great dancer, too, yeah, honestly. No, yeah, she was good. That, that, that was my original point. Is like She felt like she was dancing. Mm-hmm. He was just going through the motions. Yeah, he was there in silk pajamas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did any of you guys get the feeling that she was a 1,000-year-old vengeance demon? No. Recently um, turned did she human. Not say that? No, I don't. She didn't say it at all. <laughs> <laughs> but that is, she is a one thousand year old vengeance demon. Recently turned human. So there's an inference to being a demon. Yeah, I guess not specifically thousand year old vengeance demon, but yeah, that that's a specific that doesn't really matter in the. Context. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. If you had been watching the show regularly, you would know that at that point. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, no, I didn't pick up on that at all. I mean, she just makes mention of, like, I'm trading the name I made as a vengeance demon for his. Oh. You know, I mean, it's still, again, low throwaway lines mm-hmm. to, to back up their characters. Mm-hmm. I think this one and you're right, Giles' song really don't make sense in the back watching this singularly. But I, I wish I could say the right words to lead you through this land. Wish I could play. Father, and take you by the hand. Wish I could stay, but now I understand. I'm standing in the way. But I still love Giles' song. I agree. I love Giles' song, but the visuals on that one. It's a little cheesy. <laughs> it's it's a, a little slowly rotating Buffy in the yeah. air the whole time. He's like, yeah. "I am your father." <laughs> <laughs> I I thought it was very interesting, Danny. Before the episode started, mm-hmm. or before we started watching it, you had said something along lines of like, "He's a father figure," mm-hmm. and I don't even remember how it came up, but a joke was made that like, "Oh, you sure, father? Like, there's no nothing else going on there." Watching this episode, I'm, I would not have known that. Mm-hmm. There, there mm-hmm. felt I felt like there was sexual tension between yeah. Giles well, and Buffy. Yeah. Oh, I, sure. I completely agree with the spinning Buffy and the punching slow motion Buffy and the white tank top <laughs> with no brawn because it was the nineties. <laughs> but I, yeah, there. I, I mean, I'm just gonna say it. He's <laughs> Daddy Giles, <laughs> that man. Oh my gosh, there's other episodes where he sings in this series, and it is so good, so dang good. So we were at Xander, Xander and Anya's song. song. Which, again, doesn't matter. It was their highlight. Yep. Yeah, it was yeah. just their highlight, really. Yep. And then it transitions to them talking to Giles about the song that they just sang. Then we have some broom sweepers in the background and the I ladies singing moment. at their yeah. car. Do you guys like those moments? <laughs> I adored. I adored the <laughs> idea that everyone is doing this. Everyone in town is singing and dancing. And I adored the idea that they're walking along in the sidewalk talking about something serious but we can't hear whatever the hell they're saying because <laughs> yep. there's other shit going on because there's yeah. broom sweepers like dancing in the background and there's a lady singing about her getting a ticket. Like, mm-hmm. I loved that. That is a day in my brain. That is truly <laughs> yeah. as like a person who loves musical theater and musicals, I am the person singing sometimes out loud to myself <laughs> about a parking ticket or something that happened at work or anything like that. Yeah, I, that scene is very relatable to me. Oh my God. So those sweepers, like they could not have they they must have spent all day sweeping that way. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um but as inconvenient as it would be to have to be breaking into song all day 
every now and then a background character would join in the dance. Yes. And how miserable would that be? Like <laughs> someone you don't know walks yep. by having their moment and you just have to, because of the magic, you gotta start dancing. Yep. Suddenly you're a chorus member. You didn't sign up for that yeah. shit. No, I yeah. had the exact same thought. But I want to point out, Danny, in your regular life, mm-hmm. if you start breaking out into song, yes. like, and someone like gives you a look or questions like, hey, Danny, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You should just turn to them and be like, what? You didn't hear your cue? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, you missed your line. Yeah. I had to keep a sh- the show must go on. Yeah. <laughs> Which leads us to Spike's theme, Spike's song. So um, edgy. The uh, <laughs> the blonde vampire, the, the bottle blonde vampire. Grungy, moody Spike. <laughs> Get out of here, but don't go. Uh, mm-hmm. I think one of my favorite moments in this episode is when he starts singing and he's just like, son of a bitch. Yes, yeah. but he's so over the fact that yeah. he is now singing. Yeah. But uh, it, it is one of my favorite songs of the show, his Rest in Peace song. Hmm. I, I love that rock song. What did you guys think going forward? I thought it was interesting that he he claimed, he's like, oh, I, I've seen people doing it, but I haven't done it. Yeah, And then obviously he breaks out into song. But then towards the end of the episode when the demon is gone, he's the one character who like breaks off from the rest of the group. He's like, yeah, I'm done with this. Well, I think that's a comment, uh, like a meta comment about musical theater because in traditionally you sing when you have emotions that are too big to talk about. So correct. Prior to coming (laughs) out. Interesting. He was just being wherever I don't know where he was, but I get underground. Somewhere. So yeah, he just he saw all these people going about singing and he's just like idiots. And then yeah, at the end, he just didn't feel anything about that moment. So yeah. he could that, break free from it. I really I I hadn't put that together and I really appreciate that. Cause yeah, he broke away and then Buffy chases after him and then he starts singing again. And I was like, wait, what? Why he made the conscious choice to stop. And now he must be making the conscious choice to do it again. Mm-hmm. That's not how musicals work, my friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, no, but I actually, I prefer it that way. I like to think that like, oh, no, he's like, like you said, suddenly now he has the emotions mm-hmm. to sing. And so he's leaning into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think Spike's a little too moody <laughs> in the, like... Once he decides to, like, uh, go off and hopes that Buffy gets, like, all taken out by the demon and he's sitting in the alley pitying himself. But I do agree that his song is awesome. It it rocks. Yeah, it does. Uh, Who has a funeral at night, though? I heard that comment from somewhere. (laughs) Yes! People who have the incredibly slow Paul Bear. (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, they had to have it at night so they could be swept up in the moment. Mm-hmm. So earlier that day, they must have that that magical feeling of like we need to postpone this funeral. Something's going to happen later, mm-hmm. <laughs> so they had to postpone it. They just got stuck singing. Yeah. <laughs> they kept being background members. Like, yeah. they couldn't yeah. get there. They couldn't get there. <laughs> so Spike's. I don't know what kind of type of song this is. I'm not that big into the musical. I'd stuff, say it's like, kind of grungy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a grungy song. It very much reminded me of Rent. It's, I think, again, another want song, but mm-hmm. instead of singing about his wants, which if you watch the series, you know what he wants right now, and it's Buffy. <laughs> and I think instead of singing about his wants, he's singing about the wants that Buffy is not going to say. Yeah. And he even is like, you're not staying then? Yeah. <laughs> when he yep. pops his head out of the grave. <laughs> yeah. You're not staying? <laughs> God, where are we going? That's, then it's Giles' song. Mm, it's Giles. Giles. And again, 
Maybe it may not make sense to you guys in in the vacuum of just this episode. No, it did. Yeah. Yeah. Did you uh, see like see sexual tension like Craig yeah. did, Rob? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Good. All right. Good. I must be so- I'm not the only one with daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> I must be so ingrained into the show because I just don't see it. Yeah, the like father-daughter relationship of Buffy is established like episode one, mm. and you never question it again. Unless you're me and you're not questioning their relationship, but you're like, yeah, daddy child. <laughs> so what do you guys think of Giles? Obviously, uh, we kind of get touched on Giles' song, but what do you guys think of Giles' song? I mean, the, the, the workout training montage was a little weird. Um, I, I, so, again, someone who hasn't seen Buffy, someone who doesn't know Joss Whedon's history that well, but, like, should we touch on supposedly Joss Whedon is kind of a creepy dude? Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that yeah. might have been a creative influence (laughs) yeah yeah i can see that while he does write strong female characters i also think he chooses very specific actress types Mm -hmm. because if you watch any of his shows and you look at the cast of characters and the actresses and actors he's chosen they're very similar from show to show Mm. like you could take buffy and put her right in the middle of dollhouse Mm. as the main character and vice versa there's also a specific lack of people of color in his shows. Exactly. Like, all the way through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so. but, but that's, I, I will admit, like, you guys said before we watched the episode, this father-daughter relationship, but then it also seemed overly sexualized. And, and I, with the little knowledge that I have, I was like, this was a Joss Whedon choice. I was <laughs> yeah. like, this was filmed in a particular way with a particular wardrobe because that's what Joss Whedon wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, any Joss Whedon product in my eyes is just incredibly horny. Even in like the tender moments, there's still an underlying baseline of horniness. Mm-hmm. So it's like where they build the scene off of. They're like, okay, this is the level of horniness we have and let's go from there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're only a little bit horny. Exactly. <laughs> like, this is a tender moment, yeah. but we need to be like, dial it up to two at least. Yeah. <laughs> On a scale of zero to ten, we will always be three to ten. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, wait. We forgot one. The demon's number with Don in the club. What are your thoughts on Don, all of you? I just want to know. I know, Caleb, you'll ha- you have a little more back history with that character, but like, what did you guys think of Don? underwhelming because i had no i had no context mm-hmm. yeah like, I, I had no no nothing to think about her honestly mm-hmm. I, I was like why did you grab that necklace yeah because like, <laughs> she's a brat <laughs> and a kleptomaniac and a kleptomaniac for a good portion of the season mm-hmm. not a fan until like season seven when she grows up agreed i find dawn to be grating and i wish she wasn't in that scene <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah shouldn't bother me but i just a very Again, a character that's there because she's part of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like, I'm even annoyed by her two-sentence start of her song before she's kidnapped because <laughs> she's starting to sing about herself mm-hmm. and how her problems. And I, don't know. I did Fucking love... Dawn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did love the her looking in the mirror and singing sadly because yeah. that is such a musical trope <laughs> of I need to look at myself, be sad, and yeah. sing about it. <laughs> But I loved the costuming on the demon. Like, ah, his prosthetics mm. were amazing. And the suits. Ooh. The, the zoot suit was fun. I could have done with a little less prosthetics, honestly. Mm. I wish it would have been a more human demon. Gotcha. Mm. 
I feel like we would have gotten more emotion. I also couldn't get over the fact that like his chin dongle, like <laughs> he kept like touching it and then it would wiggle. And then it was also kind of always askew. Yeah. Like it just. <laughs> level of horniness, Craig. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> we always have to have the level of horniness. Uh, they don't ever say it in the show, but his name is Sweet. Okay. And according to Joss Whedon, he is the actual personification of the devil. Huh. Like he he does talk about you know giving Nero his his fiddle you know stuff like that. He, so he is supposed to be of all the demons in the show, this the one's devil. the devil. Yes, <laughs> and of course it would relate to theater. <laughs> so I just thought that was an interesting little little huh. tidbit. I and seeing it as a standalone, I wouldn't have I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, this guy he's the epitome of evil. <laughs> yeah. <I> mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at the end, he's frightened away of Xander because yeah. he's the one who actually summoned yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, the epitome of evil is like, oh, wait, hold on. You have a penis? Yeah. I guess I'm going to go home. Not that horny, sir. Yeah. <laughs> that horny. yeah. That was a little bit convenient. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I did hear a lot of groans in the house when he's like, congratulations, you beat the bad guy. And all I heard was, ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm the hottest swing. I'm the twist yeah. When you gotta sing, when you gotta let it out, you call me and I come a running. I turn the music on, I bring the fun in. Now we're partying, that's what it's all about. <laughs> Cause I know. What you feel, girl. I know just so, what do you guys think of general? Like, obviously, we didn't get through all the songs. Like, maybe we'll, as we go forward with our reviews, we can be a little bit more structured and we can start that way and stuff. But what do you guys think of the whole thing? I'm asking you two specifically because I know Danny loves it. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, it was it was a, a very fun episode to watch, and. For most of the characters, it does a pretty good job of just giving you enough to know who they are and what they're doing in every scene, which episodic television, they probably thought about that a lot more than mm. shows do nowadays. Yeah. yeah. Like, we did have enough context. Like yeah. They gave enough exposition while they were singing. Right. We're like, oh, okay, I roughly know what this character's got going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. But I don't. I don't want you to dismiss Danny, Caleb, because like Danny, no, I, was, I was turning towards Danny. <laughs> well, I was, I'm going to position it as revisiting this episode probably years later. Yes. Does it hold up? Um, I think so, but in a different way. When I was younger and watching this, it was just like, ooh, musical theater. They're singing and they're acting, and it's wonderful and fun and exciting. But I, I really love the end scene where Buffy has her moment where she spills her secret. Mm -hmm. And I think it's such a powerfully shot scene where she literally dances up to the stage to center stage. And then she turns her back to her friends and then turns back around with tears in her eyes and says, I was in heaven. And when she sings heaven, it goes into a dissonant chord. Mm -hmm. And that to me is such a beautiful and powerful moment. And so revisiting this episode, it was fun to see because back then I didn't have any theater training or anything like that. And now that I have like a degree in theater, it's so interesting to be able to like 
deconstruct it and watch it with a different lens. Mm -hmm. And so while there are things in there that do not hold up well, (laughs) and maybe are a little, little, yeah, oh my God, please never bring those back that are off color or maybe not so much in the zeitgeist anymore. It was fun to see where, like how theater influenced even something as successful as Buffy. And they took a single episode and interjected it. And even people who maybe aren't as familiar with the series were able to come in and still enjoy a musical episode. And like, even from just people singing, we're able to piece together context of a very complex world. And so it's so fun to be able to come back in and see, even though some of the content hasn't aged well, I think it really rings true that musical theater has a place for storytelling. No, yeah, absolutely. Overall, I, I, I guess around the table, I enjoyed it. I, I don't know that I'm going to go run out and watch all of Buffy. Um, <laughs> it still feels odd. <laughs> it's a commitment, too. Those episodes are long. I think I've said this to you guys before, but I'm... I, I know you guys love Firefly. I mean, mm-hmm. who doesn't love Firefly? Mm-hmm. It's one of one of Joss Whedon's better shows. But it always baffles me that like, it's mostly men who love Firefly, but they've never watched Buffy, mm-hmm. and they've never watched Angel or Dollhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got such a uh, Angel. <laughs> <laughs> he's got such a, 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 a wide sort of like catalog of great stuff, and and Firefly seems to be what he's known for amongst a lot of guys. And Firefly is amazing. I love Firefly. Here's my defense on that. I do not like 90s vampires. (laughs) There's a a moment in the 90s where vampires become like very attractive. Mm. But then because like the technology was there to morph them. But it wasn't really there. It was rough even <laughs> in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was just always very off-putting to me. And um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of attractive vampires and I'm a fan of ugly vampires. I hate attractive vampires who turn ugly to feed. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I just – I don't like any of the Buffy shows yeah. or the spinoffs. I don't. I just don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. As an avid lover of Dune, I need a science fiction veneer on anything for me to enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) If it's not science fiction, I'm not going to like it. Season four has like a cyborg demon. Oh, all right. Well, maybe we should have started there, Caleb. (laughs) (laughs) Know your audience. (laughs) Read read the room. (laughs) Season season five has a giant sandworm. I don't... Let's go. <laughs> All right, I'm in. Yeah. Rob, the He's Enterprise the shows words. up in season seven. I don't. So, I, I appreciate you guys uh, sitting down with me to watch this. That I hope you enjoyed it a yeah. little bit. So, yeah. all criticisms aside, it was still a fun ride. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I, I never didn't want to watch Buffy. It was just. By the time I ever even heard of it, it was like season four and I didn't have the benefit that like my local stations did not play it (laughs) in the morning before school. So (laughs) I think I would have watched it. I just I missed the the chance to click with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, And then now it's like six seasons. Yeah. I look at like the older Star Trek the same. Like I want to get into it, but it is a commitment of 22 episodes at 45 a piece. So. Overall, Caleb, I think 
you started this episode by claiming like I'm sorry that I keep dragging you into these situations. Don't ever say that again, please, because it's always fun. Anything right. that you recommend, right. it's for a reason. It's always a good experience, and it's always fun to chat about it. All right. All so right. we, I think we all appreciate it. Sure. Yes. All right. But that being said, if you, dear listener, have any thoughts on this episode or or anything that we've talked about today, you can always reach out to us at our our tried and true ourfancy.site or our Instagram uh, at strikes fancy. But I'm going to ask for something a little different this episode. Something that has been consistently said to me by the few people that listen to what we're doing here is that they like what we talk about and that they want to be a part of the conversation. And I think that was our goal from the start. If I'm looking at you and Caleb, yeah, Rob, mm-hmm. yeah we want people to argue with us. Yeah, exactly. Like we don't, <laughs> we don't know what the hell we're talking about. And the idea that at least we're spurning enough emotion in people that they want to be involved, I'd consider that a success. And so if you're one of those people that have strong enough opinions or strong enough emotions that you want to let us know, go to the description and you can find the link directly to it. You can record a minute response on your phone, on your computer, whatever you want to do. And if we like what you have to say or if we like the contrary opinion, maybe you'll find your, yourself on the episode. And uh, listen, if a minute's not long enough, add us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Add us yeah. or record multiple things. I'll string them together. We'll yeah. make it work. It's all going to be Danny being like, this is my thoughts on the last Yes, episode. it will be me. I will be calling in. <laughs> I, which we'd love. The, the one downside is to do this, you have to make an account. I'm going to preface that. There's a little effort involved. So you got to feel really strongly if you want to do this. I mean, just send us a WAV file. Uh, that's, yeah, if, if you want to do that, that'd be great. But anyway, there is now a, some functionality built in that if you want to contribute to what we're talking about here, we'd love it if you did. So like I said, go to the anchor.fm website or see the link in the description. Danny, thank you for joining us. Did we already oh. do this? No. Yep. <laughs> thank you for joining us tonight, Danny. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, I, again, I know you said not to mention this, but like, I feel like we could have talked about something you wanted to talk about. Like you could have brought something and I, I brought you in for something I wanted to talk about. <laughs> And I and loved every minute of it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't apologize. I but had if, a great time. But if you ever want to talk about something, come to a sh- come to the show. Sounds and, good. And we'll and Danny, where can our listeners find more content from you? Oh, gosh. Yikes. Uh, so if you want to see more things from me, I guess you could check out Danny's Wormadoodles. I'm on Facebook. You can find me doing little crafts and stuff there. Or you can find me on Instagram at Danny.Wormadoodle. I have a few Danny originals around the home. Which so wonderful. Are, they're yeah. wonderful, and they're also <laughs> conversation starters. I freaking love them. <laughs> Damn it, I'm not going to sing the outro like I sang the intro, so I'm just going to say I appreciate everybody coming. This is Caleb. This is I, I still confused Craig, if I'm being perfectly honest. <laughs> this is Brave Robber Rob. <laughs> <laughs> this is Dramatic Danny. done a plug before that, that, yeah, was, fun. that, that was, was crazy that was i was fun. so not prepared <laughs> thank you for the opportunity no no that's so kind my gosh guys <laughs>